Hey friends, welcome to the Daily Hope. It's Lindsay, good to be with you. We are in 1 Samuel chapter 29, and I'm gonna confess that when I read this chapter, I thought to myself, it doesn't look like much is going on here. There's all this incredible activity surrounding this chapter, and so I had to read it several times, uh, but I really think that it is the, what looks like inaction in this chapter that speaks so loudly. David is still living in enemy territory. He is in the land of the Philistines, and David is the one who, the first casualty or victim in war for him was Goliath, and Goliath was a Philistine, and he would go on to kill tens of thousands of Philistines. So here he is in their land, and he has found uh, honor and respect from King Achish, who is the Philistine king. It, it's miraculous. It's God's hand of providence that this relationship develops. And in this chapter, the Philistines are going out to war. So they're going to go attack the Israelites, David's people. And so they're marching out in that direction. And David and his men and King Achish are following up in the rear. And some of the Philistine commanders are looking back and thinking, this is a really bad idea. This isn't actually what we're doing, is it? We're going to go battle the Israelites and then David's going to attack us from behind. So they tell Achish, you need to tell David to go home. He's not allowed to fight with us. Achish tries to plead with the commanders to let them know that he that David's not, done nothing to indicate that he's going to betray them, but they're not buying it. And so Achish has to tell David to go back to Ziklag. And this is what he says to David in verse six. He says, as surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable. And I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army from the day you came to me until today, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. And David doesn't want to go back, and he tries to state his case. And Achish says again, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. But go back. <laughs> um, David has lived in a way before King Achish that has built this rapport and this relationship and this trust. It says both of them say, both King David and King Achish say, from the day that we met until this very day, nothing has happened that would lead me to believe that you don't, that you won't walk uprightly, that I cannot trust you. And isn't that the way that it is in our walk with Jesus? It is a day in and a day out kind of thing. It's a, we're building relationship. We're building trust. We're building safety so that the people who live in this dark world that is all power play and game play and let me just do this behind your back or or make this plan to get my way, that, that as believers, we bring our heart and our soul and our mind before the Lord each day and he sows his righteousness into us. He begins to build this testimony of blamelessness within us that the world can see. And then Achish even says, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. So he's not just, um, he doesn't just see David as faultless, but he sees him as a servant and a messenger of God. 
And when we establish that kind of relationship with people, especially in hostile environments and with people who we have harsh histories with, we get to see God do his thing. And again, it doesn't look like much is happening, but it's what God is cultivating in the heart and doing behind the scenes that we can't always understand. He's actually setting something up. And, and for our behalf and the behalf of the others that are around us. So this chapter ends with David having to go back to Ziklag. And there's three things that happen here that just show that God is in control and knows what he's doing. The first thing that happens is that um, David doesn't have to choose to fight the Israelites, his own people, or to betray the confidence and trust that he's built with the king. Um, King Akish. Secondly, we see that um, it turns out, and, and you'll see this next week, it turns out that he doesn't have to, or that his people are under attack back at his camp, and he's going to have to go rescue them. He would have been caught up in this other battle and not been there to rescue his people. And then the third thing that we see, and spoiler alert, Saul's finally going to get killed in the next couple chapters. And David will have had no hand in that battle. Through David having to turn around, through what looks like inaction with building rapport, God is actually preparing a way for David to ascend to the throne completely blameless, without fault, ushering in a new kingdom that is built upon a heart for the Lord. I want to close with this verse from Colossians 1.21. It says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Hold on to the gospel. Establish yourself in it. Root yourself in it. If you don't know what that means, get before the Lord. Get in his word. He will show you what to stand on.